Greetings, everyone. This is Eric Stewart from Fishing Fanatics. Today, I got an awesome guest, Uther Cyphers, who is largely a self-made entrepreneur in the outdoors industry, um, co-founding companies like Yak Attack, Bonafide Kayaks, and Magpump. So, how you doing, Luther? I'm good. Eric, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great, man. It's great to have you here. And, you know, I interview a lot of professional bass fishermen on this podcast, but it's awesome to have a company that's kind of directly related to bass fishing with Yak Attack. And I always like asking those professional bass fishermen, I ask you kind of the same question. Um, how did you get into the outdoors industry as like a whole, like starting out? Um, maybe you went camping with like your family and all that stuff, but what's your story about how you got into this industry? Yeah, I mean, it. when I was a kid, you know, I used to fish a lot with my grandfather. And actually spent a lot of time with my grandparents. They lived like a mile from us. So we, you know, we were always going up there and hanging out with them. And my favorite times to go up there when we went to the river, you know, and it was like, you know, usually like night crawlers and, you know, bottom rigs for catfish or something like that. But, you know, I think those first moments fishing stick with you, you know, and as I got older, the fishing got a little more, you know, the spectrum of fishing got a little broader and, and, you know, a little more sophisticated, but, um, you know, I, I had really developed an affinity for like saltwater fishing, surf fishing, pier fishing, that kind of stuff. And we went on a, a surf fishing trip and a friend of mine bought a, a kayak along with him to take baits out for shark fishing from the, from the beach. And we spent a little bit of time in that boat, just kind of paddling around, didn't actually fish out of it that trip. But, uh, you know, got back to, you know, got back home and, and then he started kayak fishing. His name's Bob Fulgham and Bob started kayak fishing. And then, you know, we were really good friends. So every Bob's, yeah, he, he was always kind of, you know, mastering different hobbies. So, you know, he's always trying to pull me into him and I always said, no, <laughs> I was just really busy. But, um, the fishing thing was really interesting because I, you know, I like to fish anyway and, um, had had a John boat for a little while, but um, anyway, I was just really intrigued by the kayak fishing thing. So found a good deal on a used Hobie Outback and, you know, the rest, as they say, is history. That's it, man. That's always, that's a cool little story there because I know a bunch of my buddies are into shark fishing now. And it's always, when I was growing up, it was always, you know, kayak, the bait, all the way out to basically as far as you possibly can. I'm not a shark fisherman. I'm not going to try to be a shark fisherman, but they know like the spots to go. Um, how a lot of the times the, the guy bought like a $3,000 drone, right? And drives it out there, which is, um, insane. Yeah. That ain't amazing. Amazing. It is cool. The, um, the saltwater kayak fishing game. I give those people a lot of credit cause I just saw a video. I don't know if you saw this on Facebook of a shark actually biting a kayak, which was kind of terrifying, but yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's gotta be a. That's got to be a, a moment there. Um, I've seen big sharks while I was out, but I've never had one bump a boat. Yeah, that's that's got to be terrifying. But you know, those people love it, and just after the hunt. So, you um, basically three companies here: Yak Attack, Bonafide Fishing, and then Magpump. Um, which one started first? Yak Attack. Cecil. I had a consulting company at the time called Cypher Solutions, and I was basically a hired gun that did design work for a lot of different companies. Yeah, everything from like consumer goods, um, similar, not fishing related, but like the kind of products we do now, to um, more industrial stuff, machine, small machines or fixtures or whatever. Um, but in 2009 is is well, actually 2008 is when I got that kayak, 
And then we were doing a lot of, of night fishing um, under bridge lights and, um, you know, made this kind of homemade light uh, for, you know, just the, the, where we were, you know, you're fishing under the bridge and that, you know, the bridge lights kind of put a shadow in the water and, but the, but the current and sometimes the fish would pull you out into the light line. And at, and sometimes about the time a, a, a power boat was zipping down the bridge to get to their spot. So we realized that was really dangerous. So um, Bob and I fashioned, actually Bob made the first one, but basically glued a dive light into the end of a PVC pipe. And, you know, Bob and I are both have a design background and, and we're also a little competitive. So um, we just kind of kept one upping, you know, and, and kind of, at the time there was no intent of making it a product, but um, just kind of making it better and better. And then, I mean, very soon the guys at the boat ramp were like, Hey, can you make me one of those? And that's kind of how it started. And at the time, I mean, it was only intended to be a hobby business, but after the first year, it was evident that there was a, you know, a, a existing and growing, you know, opportunity. I've always wanted to have a, you know, product space manufacturing business. Didn't really think I would ever <laughs> achieve that other than maybe working in one. But, um, so yeah, but Bob, you know, he, he had a, a really good job. He was really busy. So he didn't want to go down that, you know, working for three or four years without getting paid road. Um, so I just kind of, you know, knuckled up and, and kind of tapered my consulting workload down enough for Yakutak to, uh, you know, to pour as much of my time as I could into Yakutak. But Yakutak wasn't paying bills at the time. So I had to kind of keep both going. And then, um, you know, around 20, I think it was 2013, four years later is when I started taking a salary and I was able to go full-time with Yak Attack. And then in 2016, um, you know, Yak Attack had started, you know, had grown to the point that it was making some money. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a keep all the chips on the table kind of guy. I still live about the same lifestyle that I did, you know, 15 years ago. Now, other than a few more toys, maybe, you know, but um, but really very similar so I just kind of pushed it all into the Bonafide pot and, uh, you know, and then we started Bonafide and, and, uh, you know, spent most of, I guess it was 2017, I might be a year off, but I think we spent most of 2017 setting up the plant, you know, developing the boats, get everything ready. And then, you know, we started, we started shipping the beginning of 2018 and, Okay, so actually, no, Bonafide was the third one. And then Rewind, somewhere around 2014, uh, actually, a rep called me, and he said, and he sent me a, a link to a speed look for AR-15, and, and he was like, and it was just like a flat board that's like cut in a shape. He was like, don't you have the equipment to make this? And I was like, I was like, yeah, he's like, man, people are paying like $300 a piece for this. And I was like, isn't that somebody else's design? <laughs> yeah, it's like... It's not our MO, you know, it's just like knocking stuff up. He was like, yeah, but, you know, so I, I said, look, what I'm hearing is that there's a, a, a good market for a speed loader for AR-15. And he was like, absolutely. And, you know, we, we used to work in automotive with vibratory bowl feeders. And with those things, they, they feed little parts. It's just, they just go around and they come out and it orients the parts and they come out the correct orientation. So just actually literally on the kitchen table with a, a kitchen knife and some cardboard kind of designed the gate, you know, with, with laboratory bowl feeders, you use the geometry of the part 
to sort and orient. So it was obvious, I mean, AR-15 round, you know, it's big on one end, it's small on the other end. So this end will swing through a slide and this one won't, you know what I mean? So we knew we could get them to fall projectile down and uh, made a black box prototype, took it out to SHOT Show. I was only at SHOT Show as a visitor, my vendor, tech type that we that we still get our carbon pro lights from um they had a booth and scott always invited me out there to hang out and see what was going on and i said hey can i bring this little prototype out there and sit on your table he's like sure and man that show we wore that literally wore that thing out Um, so that was about 2014 i think that we that we started mag pump and then you know mag pump got to the point it, it got it got regulated by uh the the state department so it's subject to ITAR, um, which makes it really hard to sell internationally. And, you know, most of the market there is police and military. So it's, you know, you're really cutting out a lot of your customer base when you can't, you know, really export. So anyway, uh, a guy who was actually a business consultant of mine, he's an entrepreneur in the outdoor industry as well. Um, he ended up buying it from us and they've done great with it and they've, they've continued to grow it. They've got nine millimeter and I think AR-10 and AK-47 and, you know, a bunch of other stuff now. And then in, in 2019, well, around 2018, yeah, so both actually bona fide, it was 2016 we set up the plan, 2017 we launched, 2019, it just, I was just spread too thin. I I had, you know, I was living in South Carolina. Yak Attack was being run by a management team that I installed here and. I was just spread too thin to take care of any of it very well. So um, I ended up finding a merge partner in Big Adventures out of, out of you know, the makers of Native Watercraft and, and uh, Liquid Logic and some other brands. And we ended up merging uh, fall of 2019, that business. And then I, I sold out uh, completely, I guess it was spring of 21. Um, I just wanted to kind of, Number one, simplify my life, and number two, focus really focus on Yak Attack. By that time, we'd gotten Yak Attack really on rails again, kind of hit it in a down a growth road. Um, so, had if it felt like I could serve one business better than trying to continue to to serve two. So, but I still stay in touch with those guys and rooting for them. They've done a great job. They um they brought in our our uh, the plant manager that we had at at um. In, at our plant in, in Greenville, and man, he's just an awesome guy. And they got an awesome team over there, and you know, so I'm always rooting for them. From- Business owners and marketing professionals in the Philly area, Bad Rhino takes the overwhelm out of digital marketing with tailored digital marketing services from social media management to SEO and PPC advertising. Our expert team navigates the complexities of the digital ad space for your business. Let Bad Rhino lead you to success. Visit badrhinoinc.com and let's take your business to new heights. Bad Rhino, we do digital marketing so you don't have to. You know what's crazy about this too? Um, And I appreciate you walking through the entire story because I was super curious about how that entire thing unfolded. But it all started out in a garage in 2009 with an idea and a light. And a room 1200 bucks. Yeah, and a for around twelve hundred bucks, so in today's world, basically nothing. But <laughs> I mean, it's... in those days, for for trying to start a business, it was nothing. Believe me, you know there there were moments when it was like, okay, 
you know, how much do I have left on this credit card because we need inventory and that kind of stuff. And it, it was sketchy for a while. I mean, we really, and, and if it wasn't for managing cash really tightly and living modestly at home, uh, he probably never would have really got off the ground. And then now looking at Yak Attack, I actually um, did a deep dive in the website, looking at all the different stuff you guys have. You got the lights, you got the kayak carts, you got the crates, the camera mounts, the um, depth finder mounts, the rod holders. You got all these products now. So, like, how does that, yeah, it, like, you just keep growing it or? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, at first it was like, I remember our, like, my five-year goal was to be a player a recognized player in visibility products for kayaks. And I think by the fifth year, we had most of the market share um, in uh, most of the accessories. You know, at that point in time, we were partnered with another brand for things like rod holders and fish finder mounts and things like that. Um, but uh, around when I started Bonafide, that set some different things that I won't get into into motion. Um, and the end result of that was we didn't have a supply of product anymore. So we, we, that's when we developed the lock and load system and our rod holders and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it's been, it's been really fun. I mean, we, for most of the time that, that Yak Attacks existed for many years, it was just me designing. And then for most of the years we had one full-time designer and then we would use a contractor or two that, you know, like the guy that I started MagFump with, he does work for us still. But um, in the last year, we've added uh, three more full-time designers. Um, so we've got some really cool stuff in the hopper now. But it's like, it's a playground. I mean, the, the industry is evolving. It's growing. Um, there's still, there. you know, in the beginning, we were, we were essentially replacing DIY solutions with more engineered and, you know, functional solutions and that had longevity and that were kind of made for the purpose. But as the sport has evolved, the way that people fish out of kayaks has evolved, it's just continuously generating new opportunities. But the other thing we realize is that, you know, a lot of the products and in, in really our approach to solving problems is relevant to more than just kayak fishing. Um, so now we've got some mounts for uh, John boats, you know, for the T-slots on John boats. Um, I just, for my, my, my birthday was Monday and uh, for my birthday, uh, kind of makes the business with pleasure, but um, I picked up two. I don't know if you've seen these uh, Sea Dew um, Fish Pro jet skis. Oh yeah, so I that thing's in a new playground. I'm I'm having all kinds of fun thinking about what we're going to do with those. But um, you know, it's just it's just a ton of opportunity in this space, and customers. You know, like when we put something out, customers, it's 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 really cool. They they want it to succeed. You know, and it's up to us to not let them down, you know, but, but we get the benefit of the doubt and we get, you know, so we know that if we keep doing things and meeting the same expectations, you know, the customers are, are there to support us. And that, that kind of, you know, one, one, one hand feeds the other, you know, it, we can continue to innovate as long as we're continuing to sell the stuff that we innovated yesterday. So it's, it's a cool ride. It's very true. And cutting up. Your customers will let you know if you're doing a good job by buying more products, right? Or following your social media and engaging with your social media accounts. But it is cool to see when I'm looking at your page, I'm just seeing a lot of quality work, which like even the, the crates on the back of it, I know like around me, Wawa's real prevalent. And, you know, I see buddies strap a Wawa crate to the back of their kayak. 
but your your crates totally take it above and beyond that. I mean, it's some high quality stuff there. And I know a big thing that you guys focus on is U.S. manufacturing and U.S. made. So tell me about what that means to you um, to be manufactured in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, really, that's a great question because that's the that's kind of like the the seed that started it all. Um, kind of lives in that question. So when I was so first off, I was homeschooled. Um, and I was homeschooled back when that was a liability. These days, it's almost an asset. I mean, the the, the statistics are very much leaning in favor of homeschooling. Um, yeah, in terms of educational statistics and su- success and you know career success. But at the time, that wasn't the case. And not only that, I was just you know one of these kids that you know around seventeen, eighteen years old decided to take the wrong fork in the road and just be stupid for a few years and. Ended up not completing homeschool. You know, ended up getting a job in manufacturing, actually two doors down from where I'm sitting right now. And uh, I remember the guy said, he told me, he said, you scored higher on the mechanical comprehension test than anybody I've ever tested. And I was like, great. He was like, interview is great. I was like, okay. And I was waiting for him to be like, start Monday. And he said, but I can't hire you. And I said, why? He said, because we require uh, a high school diploma for GED. I said, okay, how do I do that? You know, and, and they, they, he put me in touch with HR and I went down and I got my GED. So, you know, take a snapshot of that. Like, that's where my career started. And I knew nothing about anything. I mean, I'd never been farther west than Tennessee once when I was a little kid. Never traveled, didn't know anything about the world, didn't know anything about manufacturing, you know. And, and I, you know, working in a manufacturing plant got me all of that. You know, it got me mentorship. You know, it got, there, there's some people that, I, what I did have is I had a good work ethic. You know, I had a good work ethic and I had a good, you know, sense of integrity. And there were some, there were some, you know, prominent people in that business that took an interest in developing me. And, you know, I, I reciprocated by working harder than anybody around me for many, many years. Um, but that environment, I mean, you know, in a, in a in a vertically integrated manufacturing company, you have you have product development, you have tooling, you have so you have a machine shop, you have uh, you know manufacturing, you have shipping, you have purchasing, you know, you have sourcing, you have finance, you have human resources, you have marketing, like you have everything in one building, and that's an ecosystem. You know, that's an ecosystem of opportunity. For people to find their place and you know my friend that i started mag pump with his name is kenny green kenny likes to say that manufacturing companies are good for the neighborhood and that was why i started it because so my last stint at carbone was to help them shut that plant down and move it to uh some of it went to mexico some of it went to india some of it went to europe but you know it got shut down you know and and at that time in the you know the the I guess early 2000s, it was a lot of that, you know, plants just shutting down and shipping overseas. And, you know, I realized that being a nation of consumers without being producers, and that's where we were trended at the time, doesn't really necessarily work very well. So, you know, it's kind of like I took everything that I learned from the automotive industry, both what to do and what not to do. And, you know, that those were the kind of the chips on my shoulder, you know, when I started Yak Attack, you know, even how we treat customers. I mean, it was routine for us to lie to our customers in automotive because there's a culture. It's kind of hard to explain. It take more time than we have here, but the customers are are vicious with their requirements, 
So you don't ever want them to really know the truth, you know? And that's just, gosh, I mean, you work in that environment for a while and you get out of it and you're like, whoa, that was wrong. That's not how you're supposed to treat people, you know? So Yak Attack was like an opportunity to, you know, take the things that I had learned about manufacturing and try to do it and create my own little ecosystem that's good for the neighborhood, but also an opportunity to, you know, entrepreneurship is, is an exercise in cause and effect. You know, you do something and you get a result, you know, and I wanted to see what happens if you try to do things the right way. You know, why did we do things like that? Why were we dishonest with our customers? I've many times when we've had some of those conversations, I'm like, this is a human being said here. We can probably reason with him if we try, but we're setting this stage of like this antagonistic relationship that, you know, it's just, it's just unhealthy. So like in the very beginning, I'll never forget, like we, in one of our first units that we shipped out, uh, the guy got, cause we were doing this in Bob's basement next to his lawnmower. I mean, you know, so the guy was like, I, there's grease on my flag. So we're like, oh, you know, so we gave it at the time we had like American flag, the Jolly Roger and a diver down flag. So we put him a new and an orange flag. So we put him a new orange flag, one of each one of the other flags, a couple of decals and a note apologizing, sent it to him. Well, he went out and told everybody back then it was before Facebook. It was a, the forums, you know, before, you know, social media, uh, or I guess that was the primitive version of social media. But anyway, he went out on the forums and told the world that, yeah, we had taken great care of him and we got a flood of orders, you know, and then we had another guy that is, he had leaned his, his busy pole against the wall of his garage and it fell down and hit the concrete when it did the top broke off. And there's no way to repair because it, it was glued in, you know, the light was glued into the tube. So he was like, Hey, I just want to know how I can repair this. It was totally my fault. And we were like, well, we'll send you a new one. He was like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is my fault. I was like, no, we understand. We reserve the right to, you know, exercise excellent customer service. So we're going to send you a new one. And, you know, and at the time it was like, we just wanted, and Bob and I both, like we wanted to do things opposite of automotive, you know? But then we started to realize that, holy cow, I remember Bob telling me about six months in, he was like, we need another quality problem. Because every time we have one of those, we get a lot of orders. Because the people would tell about how well we took care of them. So... You know, we really learned something there that not only is it the right thing to do for, you know, just to be a good human, but it's also good for business to treat people right, you know, to to take a more long-term view and not look at everything as the next transaction, you know? So it's all of that, you know, but the specifically making it in the USA was about creating that ecosystem of opportunity. And I tell you, if you look out on our floor here at Yak Attack, it's... If I had to say there was a box I ever wanted to check in my career, it was it was to help at least one person go from a future with, you know, very foggy glimpses of opportunity to a clear path, you know, industrious, you know, well-paid, good career, and to be able to do that in this ecosystem. And we have several of those cases now. I'm talking about, you know, managers in this business that, you know, could go be really competent managers anywhere because of, you know, the opportunities they've had here. And, and, and in many cases, people who started at the very, very lowest tier. And, you know, that's, that's an awesome story because you can, re- you can really relate to the people that are working on the line because you've been there and you know what it's like. And you they're my know favorite what it's people like. to work with. I, they're I my believe- favorite people to work with. I actually do not enjoy managing managers at all. Even the ones I help create. Like I, I, I just, it's just not me. What I really, really enjoy is get out there working with somebody who's hungry, 
who's where I used to be because I understand where they are. I understand the path in front of them. You know, when you, people get to you be managers, I'm not a great manager. So they're already like more competent than I am a lot of the time. So I'm not necessarily adding a lot of value there. But but recently with the bar car launch, I spent a lot of time on the floor with the team, the hourly team, and just kind of coaching and training them and setting that lineup. And I'm going to tell you, that was the most fun I've had in the last couple of years working. So, yeah, I <laughs> love it. Man, that's that's awesome. I, I actually worked in a manufacturing plant for um, direct mail. And it's funny to see, like, because a lot of the times upper management won't come out to the floor. They'll send someone else to go out to the floor, right? And it'll be like they kind of sit in their little cubby hole, and whether they're talking to clients or trying to find that next deal, they'll never really stray out of it. They just kind of punch in, go to their desk, find the next deal, and leave. They'll talk to anyone. Don't bother me. I'm busy. It's cool to see that your culture is completely different, where you'll actually take the time to go out to the floor and talk to people and make real relationships. Now, real connections. Yeah, I, I wish I could do more of it, and and I think that's probably a trajectory here is I would, I would really like to be in more of a technical and creative role. You know, the business has gotten to the point that the, um, that gets a pretty good sized business now. And it's just, to me, it's probably outpacing my natural gifts, but also I'm spending so much time on, you know, the, the, the business management administration side that I can't do. I, I can't develop a lot of these opportunities that I see. And that's why, like, that's what I love. So, um, I'm trying to figure out, I think, you know, it's a matter of time before we're able to get some kind of a management system in place that allows him to do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's great. I, I appreciate you sitting down with me, talking to the story, talking about, you know, your company, Yak Attack, and what you guys got going on there. And I just want to give you the opportunity here to shout out your website, um, any social media channels where people can check you out too, and where people can go to find your products. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yakattack.us is our website. I think yakattack.com goes there too. Um, we started with yakattack.us many years ago. We've stuck with it, but um, yeah, yakattack.us. And then, you know, we're on Facebook, Instagram. I think Wade's even made us a TikTok channel. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't TikTok, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're out there in kind of all those spaces. Awesome. And really appreciate the opportunity here, Eric. It's nice to sit down with you. Yeah, it was nice. Thanks for uh, answering my cold DM on Facebook. <laughs> okay, buddy. You need to do well. Appreciate it. You have a good one, man. All right, you too. Take care. Yeah. You just listened to the Fishing Fanatics podcast with your host, Eric Stewart. Feel free to check out our other podcasts and our other interviews on our channel on Spotify, YouTube, and much more. Check out our Instagram page, TikTok, and Facebook as well. Thank you.